You are listening to History Man, a project of ekbarns.com, where we walk in the footsteps of heroes and proclaim freedom reigns. On today's episode, we revisit one of our first interviews with Dr. Trey Dunaway and his work with the Camden, South Carolina Battlefield Preserve. Dr. Dunaway has been associated with the Camden, South Carolina Revolutionary Work for over a decade and is a founder of the Southern Campaign 1780 organization. You can find them and their events on the web at southerncampaign1780.org or their Facebook page, Southern Campaign 1780. Their annual reenactment of the Battle of Camden, complete with reenactors from the British and Patriot side, is a nationally recognized event. Their Liberty Live program incorporates standards-based education programs for school-aged children and youth. We are sure you will enjoy your time with Dr. Dunaway as much as we did. Today, we are featuring Trey Dunaway, the Natural Resources Director at the Camden Battlefield and Longleaf Pine Preserve. Welcome, Trey. Thanks, Eric. Happy to be here with you. Man, I am so excited about being at the historic Camden and and talking to all the historians here. You have a special place here from what I gather. Everyone I have talked to has mentioned Trey Dunaway as the man that is in the know. Tell me exactly what you do around here that's caused everybody to be excited about uh, you being here. Well, I've been associated with historic Camden for, gosh, it's probably over 10 years now. I came on as a board member and our board chairman resigned because he went off to a military campaign and I had the uh, distinction of being shoved the chairmanship and so I was chairman of historic Camden for a number of years and when I finally did roll off one of the last things I I secured the battlefield as uh, something that historic Camden would become steward of. And the new administration asked me to step in and just manage the battlefield because I was available. And it gave me a fair degree of autonomy, and it was something that was near and dear to my uh, heart, and that's what I did. So uh, 20 years ago, and it may have been less than that, uh, the Camden Battlefield, which is located uh, about seven miles north of Camden, is that correct? About eight and a half miles about off of Flat half, Rock Road. Eight and a half miles up on Flat Rock Road. About 20 years ago when I went and toured that battlefield, it was nothing more than about an acre of land. And uh, it had a lot of, it was just kind of a waypoint for travelers that were coming through there and, and, and just parking for a while. And it really, other than the monument, there was no real understanding of the significance there to the community. Tell me what has happened since then. Well, it's important to realize that through the efforts of the Daughters of the American Revolution at the turn of the 20th century, they preserved about one acre, and that expanded to five acres. And that is part of the core. That is where you would pull off the road and uh, see the monuments. And then the Palmetto Conservation Fund ended up acquiring 476 acres of surrounding land. So today it is 476 acres total of the core of the battlefield. Unfortunately, it just was like any other South Carolina woods. It's completely overgrown. You couldn't see more than 20 feet into the woods. It was not the longleaf, uh, it was not the longleaf forest that was once there in the 1780s at the time of the battle. And what we've done is we've come up with a master plan to try to get it back to the 1780s version of uh, Longleaf Pine Forest. 
So describe for our listeners what a longleaf pine forest looks like. Well, you don't see them very much anymore uh, because they really hardly exist. In the 18th century, 90 million acres of the southeast, and that goes from eastern Virginia to east Texas, was composed primarily of longleaf pine as the dominant species or the co-dominant species. Uh, Longleaf pine forests were vast, unlimited, uh, never would run out of wood to cut, they thought. Well, that's not exactly what happened. Uh, Longleaf pine is the sturdiest southern pine. It is relatively slow growing from a commercial standpoint, therefore it is not commercially farmed as much. But these immense acreages were just slowly converted into farmland and into, today, commercial tree farms, which do not include longleaf. So we went from 90 million acres to about 3 million acres. There's a lot of effort in the conservation industry to try to get these restored to put the longleaf back into its original homeland. And we're part of that too. Even before we acquired the property, I talked with the Longleaf Alliance, which is a wonderful organization that specifically proposes uh, restoration of longleaf forests and the ecosystems that go with them. You know, when we talk about the longleaf forest, well, we're talking about the trees, but it's really the ecosystem. When you look at the ecosystem of a longleaf pine forest, you have more diversity, second only to that of rainforest, than any other ecosystem in the world. Now, this is plant diversity, but all of that has faded. There is over over, um, harvesting for wood and wood products. Uh, The longleaf pine is very sturdy. It is wind resistant, it is rot resistant, and it is bug resistant. So it makes a great building timber. It also uh, was used in the naval stores and the turpentine industry. So over the years, especially with the advent of railroad, when massive harvesting would take place, it's really shrunk down to only 3 million acres out of that 90 million acres today. So the, the preserve that you have out there now, did you have to go in and plant the longleaf pines or were you just using what was already out there? Or right now, do you have a mixture of longleaf and other, other species of pine? Well, honestly, we, we really don't have that many longleaf on the property. The DAR property, because it was never commercially forested, harvested, that does have the original descendants of the longleaf that were there at the time of the battle. The longleaf at the time of the battle were enormous trees. Longleaf pine can grow to be three, four, even 500 years old. Now, with the poor soil of the sand hills, they don't usually get to 500 years here, but they certainly could get to 300 years. And when you have a 300-year-old pine tree, they're very big. At the time of the battle, it was reported that two soldiers could hide behind a longleaf tree. The understory of a longleaf ecosystem, though, is usually a grass. It's usually just a grassy savanna, and the reason is fire. Longleaf are not fire-dependent, but they are fire-tolerant. And because the longleaf pine tree is fire-tolerant, when naturally occurring fires happened, or if they were set by Native Americans or settlers, it would burn the competing vegetation around the longleaf trees, leaving the longleaves intact and reducing the 
the, uh, the understory to grasses. That would be the first secession phase of any forest is a, is a grassy savanna. So that's what the battlefield was composed of, a grassland with these tall, majestic, longleaf pine trees. Today, because of fire suppression, uh, and the fact that uh, we don't have fires on a regular basis in the southeast, uh, you see the ingrowth of deciduous trees. Deciduous trees cause shade. Shade eliminates grasses just for the same reason. You can't grow grass well under a shade tree on your lawn. They don't grow that well in the wild. And as the deciduous trees come in, casting down shade and also uh, by the leaves that fall on the ground that are not burned and not eliminated when the germination uh, the germination of longleaf seeds can't occur and you don't get longleaf growth so th this is this is a major contributor to why we do have problems with longleaf growing today but by reintroducing controlled burns which is something we plan to start this winter uh, we will eliminate those problems and make it a healthier place for longleaf and the grasses that accompany them. From a historical perspective, 450 acres uh, isn't, you know, isn't all that much in comparison to some of these plantations that were around in the South or in the United States or the colonies at that time. But 450 acres is still a, a sizable piece of land to maintain and it takes money to maintain. Where does this money come from to maintain this? Well, that was the biggest stumbling block with my board. When I proposed that we accept this offer and we went to a meeting with state officials, uh, South Carolina Parks, Recreation, Tourism, the county, the uh, Catawba uh, Trust that was holding the property, uh, the main resistance from the board was is we, we didn't have enough money to have a truck that runs. How could we run a forest? But one of my board members, Bill Denton, uh, understands forestry and understood that uh, this could be uh, self-sustaining. The way he put it to me, he said, Trey, if you have a thousand acres of southern land, you can raise a family with that. I was uh, surprised. Well, we don't have to send any children to college with the money we get from these, this, uh, this timberland. So uh, we are fortunate for that. But here's how it worked. Because these woods were totally overgrown, uh, mid-story growth was sky high. There was no way you could have a big fire without it running up onto the trees. The mid-story growth would act as a fire ladder. It would introduce fire right up a tree, and you'd have a major forest fire, and everything would burn down. But what we did is we put in machines that, that thinned out the trees from a basal area of 100 to that of about 50 for 200 of our acres. Basal area, if you, if you take a cross-section of a tree at about chest level and you measure the square footage and you measure the number of square feet in an acre, that gives you your basal area. So our basal area was about 100, and, 100 or so, 110, and now it's down to 50. These are mixed pine. Most of them are not longleaf, but unless you know your trees, it, it, from a distance, you could fool just about anybody. So we've created a pseudo-longleaf pine forest for 200 of our acres. And that, that acreage is, adult, is composed of adult trees, so if someone goes to look at it, they will see the illusion of a pine tree savanna. We will, we will introduce fire, we will have grasses growing, it's just that the, the trees that are growing there are slash and loblolly, and they are not the classic longleaf. 
We have about another 200 acres that is composed of pulpwood. Uh, these are loblolly that were planted commercially for pulpwood purposes. These will be removed and immediately replanted in longleaf. And then we've hand cleared the acreage near the Daughters of the American Revolution central location. And that's about uh, 11 and a half acres. We hand cleared that because uh, we couldn't put in a big machine to clear because it would damage the young trees. And now, when you, when you visit, you will see a, basically a longleaf garden. We have hand cleared. It took 18 months of volunteer labor to uh, pull out all these trees and make mountains of debris, and the county kindly came in and removed that debris. So now when you visit, you will see a baby longleaf forest. It really is a beautiful and a very peaceful place now. It was, uh, it, was, it was nice to see when I went out there when you did a, uh, a tour of the battlefield here recently. Um, so you talked about talking to the state and, uh, and, and tourism and that sort of thing. Tell us a little bit about the Liberty Trail. Well, we, we've actually got the Liberty Trail and our local trails. The Liberty Trail is a collection of 18th century Revolutionary War sites, and we are the heart of one of we are the heart of the Liberty Trail for our for our region of the Liberty Trail formation. How far is that region for your region? It stretches go? from the coast to the upstate, is and there right? are, I, I believe there are three different sets of trails. So we are are an element on the Liberty Trail, but now we have our own trail at the battlefield and I, I I usually say in public yes we have eight and a half miles of hiking trails available well when we designed the ideas to support the battlefield we, we had to come up with something that did three things you know from a historian's perspective and the historic Camden's perspective our interest in this 476 acres is history specifically military history and then it's natural resources, the longleaf pine ecosystem that's vanishing, and we're going to try to restore that. And then recreational purposes. Well, that's our perspective of it. But the public's perspective of it is recreation, recreation, recreation. It's great to have those cool trees. And, oh, yeah, there's some history involved here, too. So we are cognizant of the fact that we have to do three different type of mapping overlays, if you would. We have a history overlay. We have longleaf ecosystem restoration overlay. And then we have recreational overlays. So when you put the recreational overlays, you'll see that we have eight and a half miles of trail, which are also eight and a half miles of fire break, because that's what we need in order to do the trees correctly. Right. And also, those trails happen to parallel historical lines so people can enjoy the history, too. So every time we do anything at the battlefield, we are thinking in terms of recreation, history, and natural resources. Very good. So we talked about it was about eight and a half uh, miles from historic Camden. How do you work it out that they're coming here to historic Camden and then you're directing them to the battlefield? Well, honestly, I, I'm not involved in the uh, details of that plan. Uh, we are working on a new visitor center here in Kershaw County okay. that will be adjacent to historic Camden. Uh, when we first developed this idea, when I was still chairman of the board, 
we talked about the bookend concept, where we have the bookends of historic Camden as the first bookend, and then we have the other bookend on the other end of the books, which would be at the battlefield. And in between, you have the Camden experience. So from a package perspective, we are the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha is the main campus of historic Camden, and the Omega is the battlefield. And that's part of the challenges of today's historic Camden board and the planners of the uh, visitor center to figure out a cohesive way to get people to enjoy the entire Camden experience along with the bookends of historic Camden and that of uh, the battlefield. Well, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about Camden then. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather approach it from a historic perspective because you can find lots of appealing things about any southern small town. Sure. But now this one in particular, this was the economic center of the backcountry of the 18th century of both North and South Carolina. Camden was incredibly important from an economic perspective. Therefore, it became a strategic location, and that's why after Cornwallis finally uh, conquered Charleston, the first place he marched to was Camden, and that was to secure this as a garrison for all the activities in the state. They had a number of outposts, like in 96 or in Orangeburg or various places, but Camden was really the heart of the garrison. So from a strategic standpoint of the Revolutionary War, Camden was very important. But if you go back in time even before that, you'll find Kofita Cheki, which was a, a, a Native American settlement that dates back thousands of years, and it, it also is centered in Camden. And you say, well, why Camden? Well, because Camden was on the super highway of the 18th, the 17th, the 16th, the 15th, the 14th centuries. You say, well, what's the super highway? That would be a river. The Watery River, the fall line, is not far from Camden. So when people came up as far as they could paddle, sail, pull, however they got up the river, uh, they would stop here, and that's why Camden was of strategic importance to Kofita Cheki uh, in an ancient Native American civilization as well as in the Revolutionary War. What do you want them to take away from the battlefield? There are, a couple, there, there are a couple of things that we're trying to achieve at the battlefield. First, we have converted 200 acres into uh, our pseudo-longleaf uh, savanna. So when you go today and you look out at this 200 acres, this is 200 acres that you can see through for 600 yards. Now tell me what forest in South Carolina you can see through 600 yards yards. It, it doesn't exist. So this is a fairly unique landscape. The landscape allows you to see the terrain. Now the terrain has been covered up by thick woods, just like you see anywhere in South Carolina. Thick, thick woods, completely overgrown, can't see, and now you can see where a hill is, or where a rise is, or a ridge is. And this allows you to visualize where that battle actually took place. We've got another area that we're working on, not so much for this year, but for next year. Next year is the 240th anniversary of the Battle of Camden. And we do an annual fall Revolutionary War reenactment on the main campus of, the, of, of historic Camden, which is right off of Interstate 20. Now the battlefield again is eight and a half miles north. 
But when we acquired this property as private owners or private stewards of this land, uh, we can have reenactments on our battlefield. National parks, you are not allowed to shoot flintlock weapons on the battlefield. Well, we don't have that restriction here. So we have 21 acres of longleaf that were planted by the Palmetto Conservation Fund because part of the job of stewards is to, to put the longleaf back onto the forest. However, it was never really highly maintained, so it also was overgrown. So what we have done is we have put in through some mechanical thinning, we have thinned out all the overburden, and we have piles of drying twigs and small trees now. We are going in uh, in the next few months, and we will have all of this chipped, so the, the, uh, the organic value of the wood stays on the soil, and we will have the ground prepared so we can actually have reenactments in that 21 acres. That is on the actual battle lines. This is very, this is very exciting to a reenactor. It's, right. re it's exciting to me because we do know where the battle lines were, and these will be designated. We haven't done it yet, but it will be designated so you will have long, you have two lines. One would be the Patriot line and the other would be the British line. And these will be designated and have flags and people can get an idea of how long 4,400 men on a battlefield in a, in a double line would take. It's, it's awe-inspiring. Yeah. And when you, when you see it for real, right now when you go, you're looking at woods. Even if they're thinned woods, it doesn't have the same impact as it would have been on the day of that battle where you had 4,400 Patriot soldiers in a line. Right, right. You know, I'm, I'm very careful about my use of um, terms of opposing forces because it's so easy to say the, the American lines are here and the British lines are there, but that's not really true because you had Americans fighting on both sides of that war. That's right. You had a patriot army, and then you had men fighting for king and country. And honestly, this was very much, especially in South Carolina, a civil war. Uh, this was a very much a civil war where brothers fought against brothers because some were loyal to king and country, and others wanted to fight for this new concept of liberty. So that's our, that's our that's battle. A, that's a good segue. What does liberty, what does freedom mean to Trey Dunaway? Well, I'm going to go with the 18th century version of liberty. Because when we ask kids what liberty means, is they say it means freedom. Well, what does freedom mean? Does, does freedom mean I am free to, to remove your car from its parking spot at night and, and, and keep it? If it's truly free, why can't I do that? Well, that's because liberty is freedom coupled with responsibility. So if you're responsible, you're not going to do something to hurt somebody else. But you have the freedom to do things you want to do as long as it does not harm other people. And, and that's my definition of liberty. And that's what the driving force behind uh, a lot of the men that gave their life to allow us to have the freedom and liberties we hold dear to us today. And they continue to sacrifice, to make the ultimate sacrifice so we can live the lives that we have designed under our Constitution. 
Trey, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I hope our listeners get a, get a sense for how exciting it is to be a part of Camden these days and, and the things that are going on around here uh, with the Liberty Trail, with the Pine Tree Preserve, uh, with Historic Camden, uh, the upcoming Visitor Center, and all the volunteers that have helped to put this together. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric.